Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing Good great. Morning. Good mornings to you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. We're being trepidatious because we're trying to see if Skype holds up. But it, it's holding. Holding strong. It's holding, holding steady. What was that music, Dan? Do you like that? Um. Well, I, I'd like to find out what that was. It sounded like a Pearl script. It's a loop. It's a looping. It's fun stuff. So how's your how's your vacation holiday? Vacation holiday is uh, is good. School is out. Um, so we've been, you know, watching probably more TV than we should. But also, you know, doing gift things. Um, looking at the tree, you know that yeah. kind of thing. How about you? Same, same kind of stuff. A lot of tree looking. Uh, I'm, not, I'm just not into it this year. I don't know why. Can't get into it. The holiday season, Christmas itself. What? Well, yeah, like the whole thing. I'm just. It's just. I say it every year, but this year it's uh, it's taken over. It's just too soon. It's too soon. Too soon. We just had this, and uh, you know? I, I noticed at Target the other day that they have the Valentine's Day stuff out. Yeah, I mean, it 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 must work on some level. It's just it's it's hard for me to muster. I, I mean, I like Christmas. I've always liked it. I like the holiday season idea. It's just it's it's too much, too long, too often. <laughs> yes. No, I hear you. It's like like being married to a man. Yeah. Um. It's uh. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. And this year, I just uh, I find I find the the thing is here's the here's the thing about the holidays is it is fun and it's very but it can be very emotional. It's very fatiguing. It's very costly and it's very disruptive. And all of those are fine if you're in if you're into it. But like as as the holiday season approaches closer and closer to a quarter of the year, mm-hmm. it's it it's just it's too much. It is too much. I totally know what you mean about that. And it is it is so. So disruptive. Uh, Ooh, I like that. You set off my Siri. I did that. I like that. Set off my Siri. Wow, that was weird. Well, I must. I must have said something coded. You got goblins. Hey Siri, what's your deal, Siri? I don't really like talking about myself. Yeah. Um. You were saying. You were saying. I was. uh, I was just talking. No, no, no. It's, um, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to put my finger on it. And I'm honestly not, I want to be clear, I'm not trying to begrouch anybody's enjoyment of it because it is great. And my kid's super excited. She's, you know, so thrilled. And it's the first year where her extreme desire to receive many things all the time is, is getting more, is, is slightly offset by the desire to, you know, do things for other people, which is nice. And believe me, it's a very small fraction. But she's really into like wrapping things. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like a few weeks ago, she started wrapping things that were just around the house. And she would say, you know, this isn't really a gift. But I'm going to wrap this and put it under the tree, which is sweet. Um, but do you have like, because I, I, I remember before Thanksgiving, you were telling about how you were doing an only sides Thanksgiving meal. What do you guys do for like your Christmas uh, holiday meal? Well, we go and visit with my sister-in-law and she always puts out a big spread and that'll, that'll be fun. We don't have, we don't have too many like died in the wool traditions apart from the, you know, a lot of ones other folks have, you know, we'll watch the Christmas story on uh, Christmas day. Cause you know, that's, that's the kind of small people we are. We'll watch a TV show, but you know, I, I, I've said this before and, and I, my extreme version of this that I have held for years and I know this is extreme and it's, it's merely a thought technology. This is not a thing. It's just an idea is that it should be is in an extreme version. Christmas should be like the Olympics and we should have it every four years. 
Now, I realize that there's a lot of kids that aren't going to get Christmas if we do that system, and a lot of people are going to think I'm trying to kill the economy, which I'm not. But how about this instead? Can we just, can we have big Christmas every four years? Can't we have just little Christmas? Can't we have Christmas that's more like Easter three years and then, or or whatever, some some kind of, you know, uh, second string holiday, backbench holiday. But, you know, it just, it, it just seems like it has to get bigger and more bombastic every year. And it's, you know, and again, it's, I don't mean to complain. It's just, it's fatiguing how long it goes on. And no, it makes I it understand. Less, it makes it less fun. It makes it less special. It used to be, time was, that there was like two intense weeks of holiday craziness. And now it honestly, literally, it does start in October. It does. Too it early. And it goes and it rolls over into January, yeah. you know? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, my son was very specific. He said, he said, because now nobody in my uh, immediate family, uh, with the exception of my wife, cares in any way about having like a turkey style dinner, even for Thanksgiving. Like, you know, to her, she wants to have the the big thing with turkey and all the sides and all the amazing stuff. And, you know, you've got to do it on Thanksgiving and you've got to do it again on Christmas. None of the rest of us, like we enjoy it for an evening, but nobody, nobody except her eats the leftovers. Nobody except her craves it at any other time. So my son told me uh, a couple days or about a week ago, I guess, he said, and he was doing sort of gestures with his hand, very mature <laughs> gestures when he said this. He says, listen, I want to I talk to you about something. I said, yeah. He was very serious. He said, listen. He said, well, I've already done a special dinner. We already did that at Thanksgiving. And he sort of did this gesture as if he was picking up one, something from one place with one hand and placing it on another place. And he said, I just, I've done that. I don't want to do that again. I don't need to do that at Christmas. I don't need a special dinner. I don't think we should have a special dinner. I think we've done that once. And for Christmas dinner, I just like to have hamburgers or something like that. And I said, you know what? So would I. So uh, this year we're having, we're grilling steaks and hamburgers for Christmas dinner. I think that's nice. Yeah. My family would always make rib roast. Oh um, yeah, rib roast. I think that's a nice. And I, my a lot of my friends thought that was just so weird. But you know, this is another thing. As long as I'm complaining about my family, um, another thing that's, that's hard for me to accept because I'm I'm a I'm a meal eater, and my 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 other two members of my household are snackers. Like they could be very happy nibbling like little mice on, on whatever they could scrounge up. I like a traditional dad dinner. So every, you know, most nights I cook a lot of the nights and, uh, and I make a meal and there's three or four items in the meal and they're all finished and piping hot at exactly the same time. And then because there's a kid involved that gets cut to ribbons. So first of all, you have to, cause you're starving, you're starving. She has to have like noodles or something before the foodie food is done. So here's the problem is that like, no matter how much or little, <laughs> no matter how much or little effort someone, an adult in our house puts into the food. The, the actual concentrated family dining process will still take about four minutes. There's like four minutes of actual family eating, no matter how elaborate the meal is. That's it, it's. Do you it's know what I'm talking about though? No, I totally do. They're already there. They're begging for dessert. Like we haven't sat down yet, and and she wants dessert, and she wants to go watch TV or something. And it's like, no, can't we just? And that, no, I really do feel. I feel my age at that point. Where I'm like, can't we just sit here for a minute? Yeah, I remember <laughs> it took two hours to make this. Right, but but don't you remember that as a kid sitting at the table and just thinking to yourself, man, like this is never going to end, and that nothing they're talking about is interesting, and like I've eaten. As much as I can eat, and the dessert is what I really want anyway. And 
You don't remember yeah. that? Do you remember that? Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. But I, I like I brined some pork chops for dinner last night. I did a, I did a, it was an, a one night brine. It wasn't a classic uh, father of the brine, but I did a uh, an overnight uh, brining, and I you know made some sides and stuff because that's you know kind of meal I like to make. And uh, and I swear to God, it was. I guess what I'm saying is I feel for the person in the household, any person in the household for whom like an actual big fancy family meal is mm-hmm. a desirable thing because it takes an extraordinary amount of time and effort to have it not be half-assed. You know what? We should talk about happier things. What are we doing? Well, let's listen to us. Listen to me going on complaining Scrooge, about Scrooge McDuck. Boo, boo. You're going to get cold in your stocking. Derp, burp, 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 burp. Did you uh, did you get anything uh, for your kid? Or nope. No? No. nope, 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 nope. No gift. Nope, nope. Well, it's just a classic. A, a giant, giant, colorfully wrapped box full of styrofoam peanuts. Nice. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah, life's life is all about right. The, the, this is called the real world here. Sometimes you you don't even get the box. No, we got some good stuff. We got some good stuff. Um, well, final final complaint, but related to, to, to the food thing is like no matter how much you lay out in like Christmas purchases, the entire like orgy of present opening still is about fifteen or twenty minutes of, of tearing. And so, like I, I've changed my strategy this year, and it, there's lots of like medium sized cool things rather than like you know. Too many big bangers. The big bangers, you know, you end up spending two or three hundred dollars on something, and it's like, eh, it might as well be juggling balls. Which I got her this year. I got her some juggling balls. Oh, nice. She wants to juggle. Other good stuff. Good, uh, good Legos. I can't say too much, obviously, because the holiday hasn't arrived yet. Right, but, and she's listening. Well, you never know. She she reads now, which I keep forgetting. Yeah. You know. And my, so, oh, oh, totally. And and you know what? Then I don't know if uh, if uh, he's early on this or late on this, but like uh, we were. We were over my uh, my mom's house, and she wanted to do Hanukkah for one night over there. So we all went over there to the uh, to her place, and she says, "Oh, and you know, we can do this first, and after it, we can do the P R E S E N T S." <laughs> and he's like, "What do you mean we're having? Wait a minute!" And he sat there, and he's he like he sounded it out, and he's like, he looks at me, he's like, "Are there presents or something?" <sighs> So that's the whole chapter of, of our ability to communicate in secret, you know, directly in front of him is that's totally gone now. It was so nice to never even have to give it a thought. I know. To know that you could always spell something. Re- and it was, yeah. You and fall to them, back. To them, it sounded like bleep, blob, zeep, zorp. Like there's no way they can make that into words. <laughs> right. And now it happens all the time. And, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, I'm happy to lose it because I'm, I'm so proud of her. Like when we're just looking at something and she just reads something on a sign and I'm like, I just, it just happens so fast. It just yeah. blows me away. Um, what, what's, uh, what are the big, uh, big requests from your kids this year? As far as, uh, as far as gifts? Well, yeah. Do they have a big thing they want? Well, see, his birthday is early December, so it he kind of gets slighted on it. But he's he's really into the Lego, specifically the Star Wars Lego stuff. Uh, so he got for sort of a combined big gift, he got the Star Wars Destroyer, which is the you know the Empire's uh, large spaceship, the big, v, the big the big the Star Destroyer thing. Yeah, that thing. Oh man! So that's, that's sort of the that's... combined birthday and Christmas gift that I'll be putting together probably starting tomorrow. Wow, she doesn't even let me help her anymore. Oh, help her. She doesn't let me participate anymore. No, you do. No, do you do no. it wrong? 
No, she's just, I don't know. She's got the mind for it. I mean, she's seven. It's not like she's an infant. But like, she gets a creator set and just sits down and listens to Harry Potter and just puts it together. Oh, I, I, I wish. God, I, that's I just the look dream. at her and I'm like, oh my God, can I help? She's like, well, you can put this in, but then you can have to give it back. <laughs> and that's it. And then she made a little Harrier jet. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Lots of books, yeah. though. Lots of books and like fossils and, you know, stuff like that. He really likes books now. Can read. You know what he might like? I, um, have you seen the like the ology books like dinosaurology, pardology, dragonology? Have you seen those books? They're big, they're big books, and they're not quite pop up books, but they're that genre of like above average price book where there's like stuff in it. Like you open up, it's not exactly oh, a pop up. Oh yeah, I think I, I have. Can, a, yeah, a map folds out, or in this section here, there's a little book, and it's they're pretty neat. I think he might, if he likes dinosaurs, he'd probably like the dinosaurology book. It's, it's they're pretty great. I'm looking. I'm looking at. Well, and it's, and it's kind of like a multiverse kind of thing because it's about these English explorers who go and interact with dinosaurs. So it's not factual or anything, but it's... it's <laughs> Wait a minute. In fact, in fact, you know what? I take it back. That's a terrible Stop idea. Stop messing with my history here. That's not... You're saying that's, that didn't happen? <laughs> Here's the thing, Dan. The Earth is about 10,000 years old. Okay. Okay? And, uh, and there were dinosaurs, and uh, then we had colleges and stuff. It, it's all in the New Testament. Okay. But see, but see, it's the whole, the whole reading thing and what he notices, what he notices freaks me out. Okay. Yeah. Because we're watching the, uh, you know, have you seen this movie called the Lego movie? Have you mm-hmm. seen it? Yeah. I love it. So in this movie, there's the, I don't want to give anything away, Mm-mm. but there is a scene. It toward, turns out they're toys. Yes. <laughs> toward the end of the movie, I will simply say that, um, there are some there are some live action. Can I say that? Is that ruining anything? There's some live action uh parts of the movie. Yeah. And during this live action part of the movie, the Lego Star Wars Super Star Destroyer part number 10221 is visible in uh in 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 a shot. It is hanging and visible behind in in a shot for mm-hmm. Eh, seven seconds. Of the don't whole you kind of crave that guy's like <sighs> not, not his attitude, but don't you crave his like storage system? I crave everything that he has, and if it came with the attitude, I would accept it because. But I mean, all the little drawers where they're sorted. <clears throat> I mean, we have like three or four big boxes of whatever in them, and every attempt that I make to keep like Deadpool's gun in this one little plastic <laughs> thing so we don't lose it right. is completely lost. It, yeah. It's all just all nubbins, all sizes, all in a big pile, and it drives me nuts. Everything you see before you is all your father's. <laughs> but so he's got he, there is a Lego Star Wars super the, it's the it's the old one the Syracuse approved uh, su, uh, Star Wars Super Star Destroyer and it you can buy it on Amazon today right now it's $796 whoa or you can buy the current one which for some reason on Amazon is 180 that's not what we spent we spent a lot less than that uh, we spent like a hundred bucks, but wow, he's seen this other one. He's like, that's not the one, you know, that we got. Right. I think Montero <laughs> had, I think we talked about this once before he and Henry, he and his son built, uh, there's like, there's like the uh, millennium Falcon and there's like the really fancy millennium Falcon. I think they built the, that. Yeah. One. The Syracuse millennium Falcon. It's like $500 or something, yep. but, and I don't even know if you can get it today. And also when you get it today, you know, I don't know. It feels weird buying used Lego, Ooh. you know? Don't you think? That's crows. Well, I don't even mean the snot. I just mean like, how do you verify? Because Lego, we've talked about this. Like every Lego set I've ever gotten that I'm aware of, I've never not been able to build it because a part got left out, which is staggering to me that they pull that off. 
Yeah, we did talk about that and their production system and everything that's that's involved in that is just unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's an original Millennium Falcon and then there's there's the n- newer one. So a lot of, is this what has happened to the show? Did you um <laughs> did you happen to listen to All Things Considered yesterday? I did not. What did I miss? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's 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 the holidays. Yeah. And you know, first of all, Mondays are already kind of a turns out day on all things considered because they do their all all things tech. And oh. it was just it was there was like this one hour of all things considered yesterday where my, my head was shaking like oh, no. almost the entire time. What happened? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why this made me think because I guess the dinosaurology made me think of this. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the Exodus movie? Yes, I have. It uh, it's weird. Like I feel like I'm watching I'm watching myself in my own life. I don't know if I should see the movie. Um, it feels like uh, you know, like maybe they're maybe a little more influenced by Frank Miller than the Bible. Yeah, I don't know, but um, there's of course. I mean, we we went to a lot of movies in the last few months. So when that trailer, you know, a few months ago that trailer was out a lot. Oh and yeah, I just, there's such a great scene when the guy goes, "You say this was caused by your God," and the guy goes. I am your God. And they cut to a shot of Christian Bale as, as Moses. And he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love that. Cause that's how they talked back then. That's absolutely how they talk. Anyway, they had this really yesterday. So I'm looking here at the, I'll put this in show notes. Uh, we ask us, this is from yesterday's December 22nd, 2014. All things considered. We ask a scholar, how does Ridley Scott's Exodus compare with the Bibles? <laughs> Are you serious? On all things considered. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they had this guy on, Who's really smart, and he, he's a scholar. Like he knows lots of stuff. And about he, what, he took this as a serious question. He it was not tongue in cheek. It was oh and it was excruciating because Robert Siegel was a gamer. Like he was going to do the story. Obviously, his producers put this together. I doubt he you know came up with the idea. He was executing on this idea. It's a, probably a lot of people visiting family this week, and yeah. So they had this guy on. Um, how close is the film's portrayal of Moses to the Bible's portrayal of him? And the guy responds, it's pretty far. <laughs> In the film, he's really the leader of an insurgency of Hebrew slaves. Before the Ten Plagues, he trains them to be archers to attack the Egyptians. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, the movie look, it looks like something on The Simpsons. It looks like a Troy McClure movie. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why that stuck with me. And I didn't want to be snarky about it on Twitter. But there were several stories yesterday that were, like, that were very funny and very silly. Um, the whole explanation of cyber vandalism, you know, because because cyber. I'm just, you know what? I give up from now on. I'm just going to call the internet cyber. Cyber with a yeah. capital C. I'm not even going to say cyberspace. I think I'm just going to say cyber. It's, you know, one of these things that used to bother me all the time in media that they do so much less. They used to say, "Log on to our website." Oh yeah, and it's little things like that that like. Big media, we have a web, you know, they have a website and that makes, you know, log on to it. And, and they use this term log on until I think about six months ago. They still used it everywhere. I think it was, it was not until it was supplanted by follow us on Facebook. Right? I think people yes, are still saying log on to our website. You just nailed it. That's right. Yeah. It's now hashtag or follow us. That's the only thing that made it stop. You're right. That makes perfect sense. But it's been but so you're right. Weird. It sounds like you're going to your bank or something. But log. I, I, I do not go to <laughs> CNN.com and log on. I don't know who logs on to, you know, to a news site. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're one of those people, I'm not talking about the New York Times where you're, you're, you're going through a paywall to get content. I'm just saying well, that's not what they meant. 
you know, the, the local Channel 2 NBC affiliate, log on to the, you know, lo- you're not logging on. You're just going to the website. How about visit us on the web or check out our website or, or go to, you know, what www.whatever. Yes. And I'm even forgiving of the www now. I can let that, that's fine. That's nine, nine unnecessary syllables. Eh. You know? <laughs> fine with it, though. Yeah, you know, W is the only letter that has more than one syllable. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Unless you're unless you're speaking in regionalisms mm. or or your English, because mm-hmm. H is kind of almost too simple. Yeah. Uh, Depending on how you say it, Dan, I don't know where this is going. Could you tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about Linda. Linda is an easy and affordable way to help people learn, help you learn. Mm. If you think about it, what you get with Linda is thousands of courses that are created by experts on business, software, web development, graphic design. You name it, getting things done, GTD, it's all there. And the way that Linda works is, this is not, you know, a a high school kid, you know, in his basement uh, making a YouTube video with his iPhone. This is industry experts, software companies, uh, people who do this kind of thing for a living and know how to make really, really high quality material, how to create amazing content. And they're creating these videos and they're used by everyone as training. So a lot of the time, a new software will come out and they'll have a video on it the same day. That's because they're working with people who are insiders, people who are already using this software. So new new version of Logic comes out. There's a tutorial out there already explaining, well, here's what's different from the old version. Here's how to do these same things. You want to do such and such with this new software. Here's how to do it. And it's all broken up into these really straightforward, easily approachable courses. So it's not like you sit down and you get to spend three hours working through this course at the pace that they set. It's all broken down into individual, you know, so you have beginner, intermediate, advanced, lots and lots of different topics. So a lot of the time, if you just want to know how to do one thing, you can jump in and watch a a course on it. And this doesn't cost you any more or less money. It's a flat rate. You could spend 25 bucks a month and you get unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials. That's uh, bananas. It's crazy. so crazy. Constantly growing. And, uh, and so if you have one of these premium plans, you can download the courses to your iPhone, your iPad, your Android device, and you can, uh, you can download the project fi- uh, files and practice along with the instructor, uh, with the instructor rather. And it's, it's just so, uh, such a great service, such a great way to learn. And uh, we've worked out a special deal uh, with lynda.com to, uh, to provide a special offer just for the, uh, the listeners of the, the Back to Work uh, program. So instead of getting like a very short little trial, which because they realize the people at Linda, first of all, they're very smart. Mm-hmm. And what they know is that if they give you a free trial, you could jump in on the free trial and you can start learning for free. You can learn for free. You can master things for free. And I said, you know what? I want to give the back to work listeners more chance to master things. Seven days is not enough for us. And they said, well, what do you mean? It's not enough. That's a whole week, a week of free access to 100,000 videos. And I said, but they want to watch all 100,000 and they need 10 days to do it. They said, fine, for Merlin, we'll do it. So <laughs> here's the URL, lynda.com slash back to work, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work. And uh, you will get 10 days of Merlin. So that's what you do. That's, you know, how they have to, <laughs> what is it, 10 days of Christmas? It's 10, uh, day, 10 days of Merlin. Well, it used to, used to be 10, then it was 12, and now it's 360. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm just an idea guy. They're going to have to 10, make this. 10 days, 10 days in Merlin. They're going to have to run with that. Lynda.com slash back to work, and you'll get 10 days of access to everything. Imagine what you could learn over your Christmas break. Sign up now. 
and start learning while you're off. You'll come back to work. You'll be a, a fresh new person. Lynda.com. Our thanks to Lynda.com yeah. for supporting five by five and back to work. Done. Not made of stone. QED. Mm. I'm getting occasional blasts. Weird. This is called an inside baseball. Yeah. Hmm? Hmm? Occasional blast <laughs> of uh, <laughs> slash 30% packet loss. And I don't know why. Huh. And then it goes away. Huh. Huh. It's ponderous. I, you know, here's the thing. Comcast <clears throat> really, really, really wants me to get a new modem. The old one works fine, except I think they're monkeying with it a little bit to try and convince me to get a new one. They want me to get one of those giant modems. Is it faster? Um, I don't know. Uh, this one works, except when it doesn't. And mm. lately it has been not working, so I don't know. I mean, you know, the internet's internet. It's like, shouldn't, shouldn't a, this shows you how dumb I am, but I mean, you know, if it's coax and there's a signal, it should work unless they're deliberately monkeying with it. Mm-hmm. They want me to get one of those new modems where you have to share your connection and all that. People are just learning about that. People are just learning about the thing where they're putting hotspots on your own modem. I am one of those people. Do you have that giant modem? No, I have the small modem and they want me to get the giant one too. But they say it's faster. They say it's like 300 down instead of the 100 down that we have no, now. I, I, got, I got one. I have one they sent me months ago and I tried to set it up and it was not like plugging in a surfboard and just having it go. So, I mean, I, all I know is I think there's some logging in involved now and they want, it feels like they want this to be like a home hub kind of, you know, thin end of the wedge, but I'm just putting it off, you know, if it works, you know, uh, but now of course it's not working and I'm paranoid because I think they're the ones who are monkeying. What do I, I know? Yeah, I don't know. I think the technology is changing uh, too mm. fast for us to keep up with it. God, that's a good point, Dan. Yeah. Happy holidays. Cybertech. Hakuna Matata. Um, cyber tech. Yeah. That's funny. You know, as a joke, I used to sign off. This is what, 2005, maybe? Mm-hmm. I used to always sign off the 43 folders as a podcast by saying, uh, see you in cyberspace. And it was a joke to deliberately annoy people with a, with a, a, an already ancient phrase. Nobody called the internet cyberspace since what? The late 90s. Right. And now the whole cyber thing. It's really weird. I guess I guess you need a way to differentiate like this kind of crime from that cyber crime, I suppose. But it seems kind of strange. And it, you know what it is, though. It feels like it's um, <clears throat> almost a kind of Orientalism. Like they're trying to go, like, oh, beware of the cyber criminals. You know what I mean? Yeah, and but you know, if you think about it, all of this uh, hacking that's going on with Sony and. You know, now I, I think yesterday there was an article that a, a, a nuclear power plant in South Korea had been hacked. You're the, kidding. No, this is... And in North Korea, their internet was down for nine hours yesterday. <laughs> wow. No, seriously. Like a country that barely like the has whole country. country. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be something suspicious. Yeah. But it's just, Sorry, you know... You, well, no, I'm just saying that like this is, this is the kind of thing I keep hearing about over and over and over again. And it's something that when you, when you think about how antiquated most of the technology is at these companies and places that we truly really really rely on uh whether it's things like power right like the power grid or nuclear power plants or other kinds of systems ordering things credit card systems banking systems it's you know not to be like uh you know scroogey oh, about I, this no, or I, whatever but it's it's I'm with you it's, it's it's a scary kind of a thing when you think about that that you know somebody who's who's you know sitting in a basement in a foreign nation could completely disrupt 
the, whether or not you can cook a meal or you and thousands of other people could cook a meal. You know what I'm saying? Like that, uh, for, mm-hmm. forget, forget flying planes into buildings. Like that's the problem that we should all be worrying about. We should be worrying about both, but you know what I'm saying? Like that can happen with an incredibly small amount of money from a completely safe, secure location, uh, thousands of miles away. And yeah, behind, can, behind seven proxies. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. No, think it, about Stuxnet. I mean, think right. about the ability to go in and make something that's part of the infrastructure of your of your country or your weapons building or whatever, like damage itself by changing the code. That's 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 really that's amazing to think about. That's that sounds like science fiction. No, it does because none of it it doesn't seem to be real. You know, it's all. Uh, not a not virtual, but it doesn't. You know, you don't have to, if you if you were. To, you know, I was thinking there's certain kind of technology that you could. You know, there's that famous saying that if uh, I forget the exact quote, but if you have uh, and you can correct me or the chat room can, if you ha- showing somebody technology that's advanced enough, it would seem like sufficiently magic. advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Thank you. And if you think about that entire phenomenon, that there are certain things that if you brought them back in time. That would be amazing. For example, bringing a flashlight to medieval times, right? But if you brought an iPhone back to medieval times, it wouldn't be very interesting at all because there'd be nothing to connect it to. There'd be nothing to show. You could show people pictures where they don't even have an understanding of a photograph, let alone you'd be showing them this device that took pictures. It would be a novelty to them. But a oh, flashlight right. would be a serious thing. A, a, can, a, can, a can of Sterno yeah. would, be, would be disruptive. right. And it's amazing how you think about those kinds of disruptive technologies and, and the kind of an impact that they can have. And here we are sitting on top of technology that's antiquated, that's old, that's vulnerable. And yet those are the things that you would list as being some of the most important things in your, what's very important right. to you? Well, yeah, I mean like, you know, which, which version of Yosemite I'm running is kind of important, but a, a little more important than that is I like to flip a switch and have the lights come on in my kitchen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like to be able to heat up something on a stove. People can take that away from us, you know, and that's, it's, it, we don't realize how, how rickety that structure is, how vulnerable that structure is to people who have, you know, who, who don't have guns, who don't have training, who aren't part of some kind of foreign militia, but just, you know, a dude oh, yeah, sitting totally in his right. sweatpants. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's also, and that's a really good point. It's also interesting because we get used to the idea that, um, I mean, this is a little mm, naive, I guess, but I mean, we mostly get used to the idea that technology improves mm-hmm. and <clears throat> certain things may be obviated or might be used less. Like, you know, the, the annoying thing about something like a, a fax machine, a fax machine was amazing in the late 80s. Uh, it was kind of necessary, you know, really required through the 90s. And then by the mid two thousands, it was something you kept around because you needed it sometimes for somebody who would, wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> right. And it became, but it never went away. Um, but you know, but it's funny. Think about stuff like the way, like um, this isn't exactly technology. Well, it's it is kind of technology, but it's more infrastructure. I like, think about like all the deliveries. Yesterday, UPS delivered thirty four million packages. <sighs> And because they they were really determined, uh, again, everything I know, I know from NPR, but it supposedly they spent, it turns out, spent half a billion dollars on improvements in the last 363 days or whatever to avoid what happened last year with all that stuff not being delivered. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of strange because like, you know, you, first of all, you had Amazon and you say, okay, here's Amazon. I realize this is reductive and naive. 
But you start out and you go to Amazon, you go, oh, this is kind of cool. I can order a book on the internet securely, and like in a week, I'll have this book. I didn't have to go anywhere to get it. That's kind of cool, right? Suddenly, you know, not suddenly, but over time, ooh, I can get this book and it's cheaper than it is in a bookstore, and it'll be here in four days. Go a little further, you go, oh my God, I can buy laundry detergent for less than it costs at Target, <laughs> and they'll deliver it in two days. Wow. I can deliver, I can get a case of laundry detergent cheaper than it is at Target, and they'll deliver it tomorrow for $3.99, or they'll get it in two days for free because I have Amazon Prime. You know what I mean? And you get used to that. Like they've, that, that weird false economy of Amazon has gotten us so used to our, our expectations going higher and higher and higher. And then, like now today, you see, like, okay, I've really, I'm so used to this working. I'm used to this getting better. But you get so used to that. And then what happens? <laughs> you look in your delivery app or whatever, and you see that dreaded, the dreaded, dreaded line, something like transferred to USPS facility. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the worst. Which only started, I think, in the last year or so. Yeah, that's about when I started to see it. And it's a nightmare because you, first of you all, you fall off the grid completely. <sighs> that's it. It's done. It's handed over, and you don't know when you're going to get it. You don't know if or when they're going to deliver. And I don't, I could do an entire show just on the USPS's inadequacy in actually delivering anything other than an, a letter envelope to me. Oh, well, I can't even, I can't even vouch for that. I mean, we just, like I said, we just don't get our mail. Yeah. Not, I think the spec, I've said this before, but I think the spec for the USPS tracking system basically said, okay, here's the deal. We need to be able to track three states. Uh, we haven't heard of it. We have no idea where it is. <laughs> And we're pretty sure it arrived. Yeah. That, that's really what those messages mean. There's the, <laughs> there's the one which is like, nope, never heard of it. And then they're like, well, it's in the system somewhere. And then um, it looks like it arrived. Yeah, pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I would just but, like you know, to re recount a story for you just to further punctuate this point. It's a brief story. Uh, I had ordered something here for the, for the studio last week. Same thing that you're talking about. Hand it off to you. US. Okay. But... Uh, we had a second package. That one made it. We had a second package that was all USPS the whole way. And uh, so this is something we were expecting. We were going to use it to make uh, to make a little video demo thing here. And we we're waiting for it. And so because we knew it was going to deliver on that day, I said, well, I don't, I don't want to miss it. So you know what? I'm, instead, I'm going to bring some salad making materials from home. I'm going oh, to eat a salad. You're going to wait it out. You're going to sit it out. I'm going to sweat it out. It out. It can't be past seven. They said it's out for delivery. <laughs> so at I'm sitting there, and in this is not a large office. I'm sitting at a desk where I'm literally facing the door. If if someone came to the door, I would visually see them. Oh no, you didn't get that. They would look and they would see <gasps> me. You got attempted delivery. Attempted delivery at one thirty oh. p.m. No, there was no attempt. And, and not only did it say attempted delivery, it said notice left. That is to say a, a special little sticker or a sign or something was left. So I got this note. Thank you very much to deliveries on my iPhone for telling me that. And I went to the door and there was no delivery on the thing on the door. I went down to the little mail room that's here. Nothing in the mail room. I went to my next door neighbors on either side, the dentists. And uh, both dentists said, no, we, we haven't got anything attempted. To, I said, right, okay. No, but now, now you've got a different job because now you're officially a crazy guy who has to go <laughs> and run through this whole array of what might have gone wrong because you're, you're, you're the one who's confused. Then I decided I would call the USPS. Hello. I was on hold for 72 minutes. Oh, my Christ. And, uh, and at the end of it, just, just said, you know what? 
forget it. Uh, this is not going to happen today. Uh, so finally, I called back again later in the day. This just gets weirder and weirder. Talked to them, told them about it. I said, at, at no time was anyone trying to deliver anything because I've been right here by the door. It would be literally impossible. You would hear them I outside hear even if they didn't knock, right? And we, I didn't even have a show to record that day. And there were two other people in the office at the same time. So I wasn't it's just like a burglary. It's yes. like they snuck in and left a note. That's right. <laughs> so I'm, uh, so I talked to the guy on the phone. The guy on the phone says, Oh, I'm going to give you a phone number for the local, you know, dispatch manager for your post office. So I call and then that phone just rings and rings and rings and rings, uh, endlessly call them over and over and over again, get, get no re- response. So, okay. You know, end of the day comes and, uh, we, le- we leave the office five thirty. Uh, I get a notice that at six o'clock, uh, delivery was attempted and there was, the business was closed. (laughs) And you know, and that you talk, yes, first world problems, but, but you know, once you, once you shift, first of all, I'm so sorry that I hate when that happens. But it happens every time with the USPS. Oh, it's, it's, mm. you know, I got a nice gift in the mail yesterday. Yeah. Got a nice coffee cup. Oh, did you? I made it broken oh seriously yeah happens all the time yeah and like anything that can break that the post office delivers will break we'll get another one well you know i'll I'll jump into the role of john roderick at this point and you know this is not particularly sage it's just kind of one of those things that i have to remember and i won't remember it until i have to remember it which is you know you think about like where we are today and like how can i put this if everything goes flawlessly with your infrastructure, everything in the stack, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Everything from like, you know, you're not getting, um, you're not getting uh, artificially pinged on downloads because of who the provider is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your, your, you've got, your connection is working at home. Your router is working or work, right? Your router is working to your ISP. Your, uh, I'm sorry, your modem, I apologize. And then your router <laughs> is working fine. Mm-hmm. All of your devices are working great. All the IP addresses are assigned. All of your apps are up to date. All of your passwords are synced. When every single thing in that stack is working well, it really feels like we're living in the 25th century. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you really can't wake up and like you, while you were sleeping, your phone, that's a computer, got backed up to a service that you pay $25 a year for. That's it. It backs up, it backs up your phone. It's installed new apps and it's even installed a new operating system. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> like honestly, and I, I'm not trying to be cynical. It's just that, you know, when all of that stuff is working at the same time, optimally, and, and you're on top of your game, wow, we can all make great things in the world. Now, comma, the obvious thing is it is in, feels increasingly rare that everything in the stack is working flawlessly at the same time. Which is, you know, problematic because I don't know. If if suddenly if ports just stop working on, on a server somewhere, all I really know to do, and I can't even like SSH in, I got to go somewhere and like restart a server. Right. Like that's the thing I got to do. Um, so, because I don't know what's happening. All I know is that there's nothing returned. Like it's not working, right? Um, and that's just getting into in the door. But so you know what I'm saying? Like every, or, or for that matter, like, okay, maybe I mistyped all the way through the entire stack. Like, okay, maybe I mistyped my password. That's why this thing didn't work. Oh, maybe, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy this time, except in as much as I guess I am. But like I turn on the Apple TV and of course it says what it always says, which is your Apple TV is not connected to the internet. And so I mash on the buttons. It takes 15 seconds to restart. It eventually comes back up. And then usually within a few seconds, it finds itself on the internet. 
But, you know, again, these are all random examples, but we've all had experiences where something worked fine or seemingly fine, or we didn't, let's put it this way, we didn't notice it wasn't working optimally, which, you know, is effectively the same thing as working fine. And then something is not working right, and then maybe eventually it seems to start working fine again or not being broken again. And here's the thing, and this is, this is to me, the, maybe the core frustrating thing about partly on being an Apple user, but being dependent on all of that stack to work, is that when something does go wrong, I find it extremely difficult to know which part didn't work. A somewhat classic example from maybe last year was Siri, where like, okay, why did that Siri thing not work? Did it not work because it didn't understand what I said? Did it not work because I hit the button wrong? Did it not work because it didn't get to go up to the cloud? Did it not work because it didn't set off the right thing in the cloud? Did it not work because it made it that far but didn't send it back down? At any point, there's like four, it seems like there's about four or five different, if you include human failure, there's like five different ways that that thing could go go wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to know why. So again, this is the John Roderick role here, but all I'm trying to say is this, that like when we, you think about, Think about the, the joke you want to make on a given day about having this incredible number of options. Like, we discovered, for example, we discovered last night, oh my God, there's a new season of Project Runway All-Stars. We went in, I hit a button, and for $2.99, which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, 20 seconds later, I'm watching a TV show that just came out in October. That's magic that that works. Yeah. Absolutely magic that that works. And when it works well, because it works well enough most of the time, you would say, oh, I could say to my daughter at that point, look at this. Can you, there's Dimitri. Dimitri, your Project Runway boyfriend. We are enjoying this show. There's Helen. You met her at Project Runway. This is magic coming into our home for $2.99. Isn't that incredible? Can you believe when I was a kid, we had three channels on the VHF, two channels on the UHF, and it was mostly black and white. Yeah. But you know what? It never broke. If there was electric in the, <laughs> if there was electric in the house, and there wasn't a storm that had knocked out the antenna, you could turn on Channel 5 and it would always be NBC. So, you know, and in the same way that like, when Amazon delivery works, this is so long, I'm really sorry. But all I'm trying to say is like, here, so what do we give, what do we give away? We give away a certain amount of that really reliable, boring technology that used to just work all the time. And which could include things like walking to a local bookstore to buy a book. Well, you know what? There's like a bookstore uh, within like five miles of my house. That's not entirely true. But like downtown, there are no, there's not even big box bookstores anymore downtown. It's like that all went away because Amazon obviated all yeah. of that. So it's just funny because like we, you know, we get so used to noticing the times that everything went mostly okay. We tend to, if you're, if you're like me, not everybody, there's always been, been people who don't like the march of technology. But I feel like I got so used to expecting everything to get better, expecting the devices to get faster, expecting the operating systems to become more efficient, expecting the prices to go down. But then when it doesn't, you start to feel like kind of adrift. Like, you know, and now you, you feel like an idiot. You're eating a salad in a tiny room, staring at a door, right. fighting reality. Because that something in that stack went wrong, and you don't even know who to call about it. They don't know who to call about it. And if you do call, you'll be on hold for 72 hours. Boo-hoo, first world problem. But like, it's very difficult to debug any of that because it's all so abstract and has so many different players now. Wow, that was long. No, but so, it, it, You know it, what I mean? No, I totally do. And when you think about it the way that you've framed it like that, it's, you know, there, there used to be, it seems like, there used to be fewer steps to make something happen, you know, I'm thinking about, as you're talking about the Apple TV, you know, like I wanted to watch, um, it's a wonderful life. 
good uh, Christmas time movie and bought it, had already bought it. I think I bought it a couple of years ago on the Apple TV. And, you know, you, you go to the Apple TV, you find the movie, you hit play. It says resume, nope, restart. And it just spins and spins and spins and spins. So you go out, you go back in, spins and spins, go out, go back in. Authorizing. Authorizing. And then you, you unplug the Apple TV, bring it back in. This time, now it's a it, video, will, your movie will be ready to watch in one hour and 39 minutes. I very rarely see that on the Apple TV. But why? Like, what is it about that? Restart the router. Same problem. However, uh, you know, you want to go get the DVD and put in the DVD player, you know, it will just work. And right. there, there is this kind of interesting fallback of, like you're saying, put on Channel 5, you know, it just, it's in the air around you. It, it just works. And when I think about this in it's terms It's never of, not there. It's never just down for a reason you couldn't understand. Yeah. There would at least be a test pattern up to say something's wrong here. Right. Uh, when you think about uh, things like cars and airplanes and these mechanical devices that uh, that that generally work, I mean, they work so well and so consistently that you can almost use the phrase, they just work all the time. You know, if you, if you have a car that's in good working order, and what I mean is, you know, it's a a car that's not 50 years old, but it's like a, you've got, if you've got like an eight year or younger car, yeah. like it's probably running fine. You don't have to even think about it. You put the key right. in, you turn the key. And as long as that battery, that's you the one thing. You don't have to wait thing. for it to warm up. Right. You don't have to rev the engine. <laughs> right. You don't have to you know, pull the choke on it or, or crank something. You just, you, you, in many cars, you just put literally push a button and the car starts and it drives, you know? And, and yes, there's a little maintenance once in a while to, to keep it doing that, but you don't have to think about that. And there's so much that's there that just seems to work. But then these things that people like us use every day, computers an Apple TV, like if I had shown my grandparents the Apple TV, at first they would have thought, well, that's amazing. But then they would see how frequently, and I'm not just picking the Apple TV. You can pick one of the other devices too, uh, although they generally work better. Uh, but they would look at it and they'd say, this, my, my grandfather, who is a metallurgist and a scientist and, you know, worked, uh, worked in, uh, during World War II, like building armor for tanks, like all of the things that he bought, he bought because they would work consistently. That was like his number one requirement you could buy like a you could buy like a table radio that you'd have for fifty years, right? Yeah, and and he he would buy the things he like. I remember when he bought the, one of the first. Remember when VCRs came out and they had two head VCRs and four head VCRs. He had an eight head VCR. I don't know why wow. he had an eight head VCR, but like that was the way that he did it because it had the most the highest quality, the most redundancy, and and I guess because of his scientific background and 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 thinking process and training. You know, he wanted things that would last and that would just just work. And there's that thing that, you know, Apple always says it, it just works or people say about the Apple devices. But that's less and less true. And it seems like I, I was reminiscing with a friend the other day about iOS 6 and how it it for me, at least. And we've talked about this, too. Things seem to just work more on iOS 6 than they do for me on iOS 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is our life better with iOS eight than it was with iOS six, is it? Are we are we on the march toward the the great future where things just work, where we can have you know this amazing world where you walk into a room and the room just sort of morphs into the room you need it to be at that moment, and this seamless technology that knows what you want and delivers these things to you seamlessly and easily, and artificial intelligence that knows where you're about to go before you go and plots your course, and 
I don't feel like we're really moving that way at all. It seems like we're just getting more technologies that add increasing complexity to our lives. My kid has the iPad games. Half of his games that he wants to play, they won't even work unless you have a Wi-Fi connection going. You can't launch the game, even though it's not a multiplayer game. And why, you know, does it need an update? Who knows? I, he, because we don't like, you know, I don't want him holding a Wi-Fi thing up against his head, you know, stomach or whatever against his body if he doesn't have to have it. So we turn the Wi-Fi on his iPad off when he doesn't need to update something. Some games won't even launch. They're not multiplayer games. They just want to phone home. You know what I mean? Like this is making life harder. When I was a kid and we had these little handheld games, which sucked by comparison to the iPhone, iPad games that we have, um, these games didn't need to phone home. You just turn it on and start playing. But that's gone. The world of, we now have this incredible dependency uh, it's all linked, yeah. on our entertainment th- that the Wi-Fi is working, that the cable is working, that the power is working. If we had no cable and power in my house, it, it, would, be, uh, it would be disastrous for them. I mean, I'd get through it. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, whenever we get into topics like this, I try, I'm, you know, I've said this before, but I try to keep track of something like you and I had that conversation not long ago about buying music and buying CDs. We had a big discussion about that. And I was, I was quick to say to you, well, keep in mind that a lot of the people who are the age that we were when we collected CDs have never owned a CD right. unless it was something somebody bought for them by accident. It'd right. be like buying a kid of 78 to give them a CD today. Yeah. Seems so bizarre to them. So I do try to keep in mind, I personally, I you know when people make jokes about me being an old man or whatever. Well, I guess, I mean, I kind of am, but that's not going to change the fact that I'm evolving as a person and really like, figuring crap out and, right. and talking about it. I'm not going to just be muted by the idea that I, because to me, part of trying to keep up is being able to put things next to each other and say, what can we learn from that? So another way to look at this, if you think about it, I mean, I guess what I'm, so in other words, just in terms of disclosure, like I just, you know, I'm not, I have not been raised at a time when having something like the build quality of iOS 7 was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's, it was not acceptable. And for a really long time, exactly. Given, Given the promise and the prestige and everything, we um, it was not up to snuff, and it, I I will not back down from my frustration and the loss of credibility that 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 brought for me uh, with, with Apple in particular. But now I try to think like, okay, well, are there analogies for this? Like, think about again something we've talked about um, on the show with Roderick is like what you would put up with to try and watch porn on, well, not porn, but, you know, like, try to get channels you didn't have mm-hmm. on your cable system. And, I mean, the, the links that you would go to to be able to do that down to, like, there was a thing you could do where on ours we had a dial one where you could go between the two channels right. and hold a little bit and then pop it back, and for a second it would be in focus before it got scrambled again. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what kind of an insane person would do that? But that's the kind of thing I would do because that was what I could do with the technology given the constraints that I had. But Sounds even just, just hearing you say that, the fact that there was a physical dial that yes. you could turn, we don't have even dials. The, the air conditioner in my car is a touchscreen. I hate it. I just want to turn the knob and make it colder or warmer. You know, the way about the radio, yeah, the radio the in my wife's car. Like, there's so much interaction required over like what you would need with a Delco, where you would just go click and it would take you to, you know, WKRC. Merlin, when, when did knobs? become a bad idea for controlling something like how fast the fan is blowing. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, like, it's partly a co- I wonder if it's partly a cost issue. That an, a knob is more expensive than like the software and the touchscreen if you're going to well, have the touchscreen I mean, thinking anyway. of it this way, like one knob is not costly, but having lots of knobs... Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. But um, but I just that's the kind of thing that I feel like is going the wrong way. Isn't it cool to say, oh, you've got the technology package in your car, and that gives you this, that, and the other thing, and then you know. But then I get in my friend's car, and uh, and you know, when when she wants the air conditioning uh, to be on, it she just hits a button and turns a knob, and now it's blowing faster. With me, it's like okay. Select air conditioning from the menu. Select uh, fan speed from the menu. Tap the yeah. thing to move it up. Tap it again to go up. Tap while I'm driving. Like, that's terrible. It is. You know, I, I do have to say, I, I am pretty impressed with what has happened with cars over, like, the what all the kind of Talmudic debates you would go through in the 80s about what kind of car to buy. Well, you got to get a Honda. You got to get a Toyota. You're crazy to get a, you're crazy to get a, a K car or whatever. And, you know, there was just all these debates because it was a huge investment and could have giant consequences if you didn't buy the right one. But um, what was I going to say? I, I, you know, it's, it's the, I don't know. Um, why don't you tell me about something you like? Oh, I can do to calm that. Down. Oh, yeah, yeah, calm down. It's Mailchimp. Mailchimp will help you calm down. Mailchimp is uh, all about easy email newsletters. They've been one of our longest sponsors, and they keep innovating and coming out with really, really great stuff. Basically, they help you design email newsletters, and you can share them on social networks. You integrate with services that that you're already using, and you get to track the results. And that's such a useful thing. You want to send an email out and you're wondering which which of my customers, which of my listeners, which of my uh, you know my sponsors are are getting it? Are they opening this email? You know, if you're doing something cool with Patreon where you get a project, or you're doing a Kickstarter, or you just have a website or something you want people to to follow, you do this newsletter and you're sending them something that's so personal. Uh, it's it's so much more direct in some ways than a blog. And some of the things that I most enjoy reading. Uh, come to me in the form of a newsletter. It's so cool. And uh, if you want to make one, you can. There's actually never been a better time to try. They have this thing called the Entrepreneur Plan. Under 2,000 subscribers, you can send them 12,000 emails per month uh, for free forever. Uh, and they have a special URL where you can go and learn more. It's MailChimp.com uh, slash 5 by 5 I'm actually going there right now as I read this. Uh, it's what they, one of the things that they have, besides a really easy-to-use website, is they've got really great apps. Uh, so many really cool apps, actually, for both iOS and Android that let you manage the whole newsletter process from right there. They even have this sort of uh, Golden Monkeys app where you have, like, VIP people that you can send special uh, versions of the newsletter to, things like that. They also have these really, really awesome tools and guides that, uh, that they've built just to show you, and these are free, like you don't have to be a MailChimp uh, customer to use it, but they, they have guides on like, uh, the e, they have an email marketing field guide. They have a getting started guide. They talk about how to, things, how to uh, construct your content so that you avoid uh, hitting people's spam filters. I mean, so many things that they've thought of, you know, and if you're like a nonprofit company, they've even got a guide that's like, you know, how to use it with your nonprofit. Tons of really, really, really great stuff and, uh, and, and they just keep innovating and uh, coming out with cool stuff. They even made a coloring book for kids. They're really cool. Go check them out. It's MailChimp.com slash 5x5. They're the place to go uh, if you want to send uh, a newsletter. And by the way, the, the newsletter for Back to Work is powered by, uh, by MailChimp as well as are all the newsletters on 5x5. So thank you very much to MailChimp for supporting 5x5 and Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Bok, bok watching Christmas story where he, he has to wear the little pink Easter bunny type uh, <laughs> I quote I quote that 
movie all the time. I quoted it yesterday. My daughter was being a sad tomato, and uh, and she was like, she's going, oh, she's making a noise, and I was, I know. <laughs> I look at her and I go, Randy, because she sounds like sounds like Ralphie's little brother. Yeah. Oh, meatloaf, beatloaf. I hate meatloaf. It's a good <laughs> good movie. Um, yeah. So so you know the the, the opacity is part of it. The, the, I mean, let me, like, here's the thing. <laughs> this is again, this is such a constant running bit. Roderick is always going off about how much he hates the diagnostic, the, the network diagnostic tool. The, the Apple thing? Yes. Because first of all, John just has bad luck with computers, but he's been saying this for freaking three years now. Every time I run this diagnostic, all it says is that it didn't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no diagnostic to the diagnostic. Yeah. Okay, go unplug your router. That's the diagnostic. <laughs> and that's the feeling. Like, I laugh because I know John is poisoned to electronic devices, but I, I also, I feel that way a lot. And it's extremely... It's extremely unsympathetic. There's something very unsympathetic. In the same way that you say, oh, boo-hoo, your mm. expensive Christmas di- gifts didn't arrive at your door. Oh, that's got to be really hard for you. Kids are dying in Darfur. Or whatever. So you go like, oh, you know, it's such an, it's such an manifestly um, unsympathetic thing. Because, of course, that's kind of the nature of our discourse today is to just think that nobody has, nobody's allowed to have any problems if, <laughs> if they don't have the same problems as you. But um, there's some, there is something, I think, in, in on re- a little bit of reflection and thinking about this. Oh, there's the basic thing of like, God damn it, why didn't that work? Mm-hmm. That should have worked. That has worked before. I know it's capable of working. That is, that obviously it starts there. It starts when you keep noticing more and more that something that used to work fine, and you start doubting yourself, right? You start going, oh, did I, did I go to the bathroom and not hear the door knock? Like, the system used to work, and I don't know why it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's the really... That's the part that becomes malignant, is that now I don't know why it didn't work. And that's what keeps me up. It would be one thing to say like, oh, you know, it's, it, it's an Ethernet cable. It all came down to changing this one Ethernet cable. And God knows, there, I am so guilty of a million things in the last 30 years where one simple solution, the nut behind the keyboard, right? Like one simple thing fixed this. But it's getting harder and harder to actually do that because there's very rarely one thing that does it. I mean, and sometimes you have to like when last time I was on the talk show with Gruber, his internet just stopped working. <laughs> and I was like, he, no he, explanation. He re- no, no, just and he's in he's in Philadelphia. It should work. So he's just restarting and doing stuff. And finally I was like, oh, you know what? You might want to hop on your phone and uh, just log into your account. Because oddly enough, turns out Comcast has a pretty cool little dingus for showing you if there's an outage where you are. Or in a little it'll do a little quick test, a little, I guess like a ping. Um or I don't know if it does a trace route or ping or something, but it does something and it'll say like, oh, it looks like it looks fine from here. Or, oh, no, no, the service is out in your area, just so you know. And he did that. And that's how he found out. How he found out was turning off the Wi-Fi, going on LTE, and being able to go in and go to the site and find out. Now, how would you, again, now to, to, to make it dumb, like the, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, Luddite, aunt or uncle, grandmother, parent person, like how would they know that? How would they know to do that? You know, you wonder why people don't trust in these kinds of systems where it used to be understandable how to fix it. Mm-hmm. The, the part that's, now just to end it on a really sour note, is that, so if we take it as, as, as read, if you can just buy in with me on this idea that sometimes stuff doesn't work the way you think it should, the way you expect it to, or it just flatly doesn't work at all, and it's difficult to know why, and you start to feel crazy. Don't we all have that sometimes? But then there's this other side to that opacity that you can see in something like you're not getting that thing delivered, and then with great, you know, with the gall that it takes for that company to then tell you we attempted a delivery. That's not possible, right? Yeah, just just say you're not going to deliver it. 
Just like, ju- just, in a way, just we, that's you know, okay. We dropped the ball. We won't get it to you today. Like, I've had UPS say that. Yeah, yeah. Just say we pretended to deliver it, and we're, we're good. That's all you have to say. But then, then there's these things that can happen, like you get locked out of your Gmail account. You know, everything works just fine, and then you don't anymore. And I think that's the kind of thing that's really chilling, is because everybody says there's not much recourse to that. There's not many ways that you can fix. There's certain kinds of problems with technology that are extremely hard, where it's very hard to get the toothpaste back in the tube. So, I don't know. We should talk about something happy, Dan. Yeah, this is a happy season, I think. Yeah. We got a lot of nice uh, email, fake follow-up. We got a lot of, lot of nice email and toots in the last week or so from people uh, who very kindly congratulated us on having 200 episodes, and I wanted to say thank you for sending those. Did you get that? I did. <laughs> now I've lost all trust in the system. No, I, hear, I heard you pause and... Page two. Yeah, I'm still here. You there? I'm here. Oh, okay. We'll talk or something. Well, I, I think uh, feedback would be a good thing. It could cheer, cheer everyone up. Yeah, yeah. I just brighten to say our day. Thing. Thank you for every. Well, you did two hundred of these. First of all, we were only planning on doing three. <laughs> Is that right? And uh, and so we surpassed that and kept going. We hit episode seven. You know, could have ended there, I think. But then we we found it uh, to you know possible to do a few hundred more. Yeah. Turns out, show always uh, always seems to please a crowd pleaser. They say crowd pleasers what they say. Um. Yeah. Well, we should we should we should probably wrap up before the Skype crashes again. Huh? I don't know. I like I like it when it does that. It's a little. I'm know. fine. I got nowhere to be. I'm here all day. I'm I'm here all day for you. What no, do you want to talk about? I don't know. I think uh, I think you know. Go. I want to leave the listeners with something. You know, something uh, fun, uh, something to do. I don't know, like a game to play when they're at home with their kids. Do you like Do you like the time? Oh, that's off? a good idea. Do you that's like a really? The, good how idea. do you spend the time off? Do you find Do you get antsy? Do you Do you miss? being in your in your private office or um i mean it's complicated for me because you know i don't have that much scheduled stuff that i have to do anytime which always fills me with self-doubt that i'm doing something poorly but you know spending the time with the family is great my main thing is i just need a little bit of a break and a little bit of time to myself like once or twice a day it doesn't have to be but like i if i am i am if i'm in and i think you can see this borne out on twitter by all the people having to spend all day with their families but um i think sometimes i get a little fatigued by four in the afternoon if i've been doing family stuff like all day but i think everybody's kind of like that even like just a half hour break walk to walgreens like that's a that's that's enough to kind of rejuvenate me but yeah I, i do enjoy it and i like playing games I like building Legos when, when she lets me. Um, but you, you're not a fan of the holidays. It's disruptive. It, it is a disruptive thing. I enjoy, you know, that my kids enjoy it. But, um, you know, it's not like I mind taking a break or anything like that. But it can be, you know, it can be, it can be very hard. You have family that comes in and stays with you. You've got children running around. And it's very different having two children than having one, as I'm sure having more than two would be. And it just, it sort of changes the, uh, the dynamic of, of everything. And you get a house mm-hmm. full of, of people and, uh, and it's, you know, like you have this sort of storybook idea of what the holidays are supposed to be like. And, and, and then you have sort of the real life version of it. And I, I'm not complaining because I'd much rather have a, a house full of people who are, are wonderful than, you know, than not. But uh, it's, 
you know, there's a there's a lot that that goes on, and there's a lot. Of, you have to. There's a lot of commitment to doing the classic. Lots of people sleeping in the same house Christmas right. kind of event. Yeah, there's there's never enough bathrooms. Nope for an, for for uh, for an occasion like that, and it's and you know what it is. Just back to that word disruptive, which sounds like we're being like, oh, I'm not being inconvenienced. That's not what I'm saying, right? Uh, although that's part of it. Uh, but there's also the whole thing of like a kid may not get to sleep in their own bed. They might mm-hmm. have somebody's got to go sleep on a couch. There's going to be moving around. There's going to be like just all of the the friction and jostling of being around people that you don't ordinarily have to deal with, and you have to hear about their politics, and they have to hear about yours. And somebody's snoring, and like that's that can be really fun. But especially if you're the person who like has to make a big meal while entertaining all of those people. Oh my god, so stressful. Yeah, and everyone wants something different, and yeah, it's just you know, it's just a lot. And I think there's this kind of feeling that if it doesn't all go just right, if everything isn't perfect, you know, if the turkey or whatever you're making doesn't turn out perfectly or if one of the sides burns or, you know, if, you know, that there's all this sort of pressure around that. And, oh yeah you know, and people are coming in from out of town and then, you know, and you've got to pick them up from the airport at 11 o'clock at night and all of this kind of stuff that, you know, that, that, well, what if we just get them a shuttle? Well, you can't just get them a shuttle because it's impersonal and it's rude. And you know what I mean? Like they're all these little subtle, almost like political drama within your own family and household that, that happens. Uh, And just just, the pressure we put on ourselves to, for it to be perfect. I mean, I, I try not to be, I've tried to become less syrupy on this show. Um, but like, I am just intensely aware of how quick my kid is growing up and, you know, and I'm trying to become much more aware of like when I'm being impatient or when I'm being anything that's not like who I want to be, but like, she's going to be a teenager soon. She's not going to be. And now like I, and I'm sitting here whining cause she wants to go open the advent calendar and get chocolate. Right. Oh my God. What a gift. What a gift from God yeah, that is that yeah. I have a little kid that wants to do that. Who's excited to wrap presents and put it under the tree. Mm-hmm. And anything that gets my head out of that game rather than into it is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it does, it takes a certain amount of egolessness to survive. Like uh, any, I'm like, well, three people in a house where we're together all the time, not a big deal. I mean, <laughs> it's fun. But like, I just look at my friends on Twitter who are like staying <laughs> with their in-laws and I'm just like, oh, it's, it's so exhausting. It's so, it's so, it's a test. It's a trial. <laughs> Because you can't go anywhere. Sometimes you're snowed in. There's a limited number of cars. And like you just have to be there. And like it always seems like there's one relative in every family who wants the TV to be on all the time, mm-hmm. really loud, mm-hmm. which makes me crazy. Or like they put sitcoms on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll just they'll just they'll just have like a full house marathon or something. Or or just ESPN or CNN playing really loud all the time. Yeah. And so now everybody's yelling over that. And that just sets off something in my brain that makes me shut down. But I don't know. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any advice to give except the same advice as, as every day, which is try to keep your head in the game and remember you're lucky to be here because you know someday you won't. See, that's the kind of <laughs> message Christmas. I want to end on. Yeah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man. 